Hello and welcome everyone to Tahoe Tap, your under an hour session every other week where Mike Perrin and Rob Galloway gab back and forth about local headlines, some time relevant adventures or events. And this week we've got Earth Day happenings and where to Easter brunch. And then to cap it all off with an interview from local dignitaries, our guest coming up in the P, the people portion of this episode is Mayor of South Lake Tahoe, Devin Middlebrook. But we can't go any further without thanking our sponsor, Lake Tahoe Aleworks. Two locations in South Lake Tahoe, one in between the casinos at State Line, and then over at the Y, the more family-friendly. They've got the backyard barbecue and grill for burgers. They've got the cocktail corner and the all-new bistro opening up next month in May, which is a Ooh. high, you know, uh, elegant dining experience. So definitely check that out when they open up mid-May. So Absolutely. thank you for them to them for supporting this podcast. As always, Rob, going to kick it off with uh, sort of a recap of our hardworking reporters out there from the Sierra Sun and Tahoe Daily Tribune. Sir, take it away. Yes. So I, I'm not sure how big of a, of a Godfather 3 fan you are, Mike, but you might know the famous line that Al Pacino says, and he says, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. And this is, this is what winter's saying, right? Not so fast. You spent all winter waiting for snow. And when you finally accept that spring is here and you're on that warm weather, then bam, we get hit with that snow and some really, really crappy winds. They were clocking in as high as 157 miles an hour. They even set a record setting low of seven degrees on Tuesday, although Tahoe City, uh, their record of five degrees is still still held its grass there. That was in 1911. So we didn't quite hit the uh, the the record there for everywhere. But with that storm comes a, a possibility of a little bit more weather on Thursday evening and Saturday. Uh, you know, Mike, you and I were talking about this in the office on, um, earlier this week. It's like every year we get lulled into thinking like it's that it's time to start planting. It's warm. And I always look at those people and like, yeah, if I, I would do that if I were you. And then I got a little tempted, I, I say this year, just because we got so much warmth for, for so long and very little precipitation. Uh, but every year that restraint pays off because regardless, this always happens, right? But I guess, you know, Easter, um, needless to say, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be in the high 50s this year. That might be cold for some folks, but for us, probably a little that's probably a little warm, right? Based upon where we've been. And it could be a little slick for the little ones doing the Easter egg hunts or, or burying them in snow. So uh, that's <laughs> going to stick around. It should. Yeah. So uh, my other note here, PG&E back in the news and in, in the story, uh, and you can check out these stories on TahoeDailyTribune.com and SierraSun.com. But the very first sentence of the story says they have agreed to pay more than $55 million to avoid criminal prosecution for two major wildfires sparked by aging power lines. And Mike, can you imagine if we swapped out PG&E for, say, somebody like Elon Musk? People be outraged, right? How do you avoid criminal prosecution just by paying money? You know, granted, I, I, I realize these are designed to accelerate payments to people and families who have you know, lost their homes and, and, and in some cases their lives. But shouldn't they have to do that anyways? You know, I, I I get the criminal charges. I just, I don't know how the law necessarily works here. Maybe I shouldn't even bring it up since I don't really understand it. But <laughs> since 2017, PG&E, they've been blamed for more than 30 wildfires that have wiped out over 23,000 homes and killed more than 100 people. Um, you know, I don't get it. I hate wildfires. I think people should get paid, but I also think there should be more punishment doled out along with those payouts. I don't know if you have any thoughts about this, but it just seems like you're just paying. I mean, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm on a soapbox here, Mike. <laughs> when you do that comparison to someone like Elon Musk, it, it really lets it sink in. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the way companies are built and corporations, how they're sort of protected like that is sort of sort of uh, puts a bad taste in your mouth, to say yeah, the least. I mean, you know, this is an extreme example of something like that, but I mean, it's an example that's real. I mean, we're living it, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we felt every bit of it this past summer and we're going to feel it again uh, coming up. So yep, I'm sure we will. Um, you know, another quick addition to the fire side of things, there was new legislation that was introduced to the California state Senate that would align fire policies of state parks and local fire districts, which makes that a pretty important, you know, at least in my mind, and I'm sure a lot of people's mind, a pretty important piece of legislation for the basin. Uh, the next vote on this bill is going to be announced on May 20th, uh, but passed its first hill with an eight to nothing bipartisan vote. Um, you know, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Mike, either, but, uh, you know, I, I like where this is going here. I mean, it's just a, a chance for everybody to rally around the same type of cause and everybody, you know, they, they use an example, I think of, uh, you know, if, if, uh, fires during in campsites are um, are banned in one place. It's going to be banned everywhere. So there's no like you know misunderstandings of is it is it can I have a fire here? Can I not have a fire here? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, no, it was definitely murky on you know what style fire. So like you said, love the direction this is going, and to see you know the unanimous bipartisan vote. Um, yeah, I mean I, I think this is on the right track for sure. Love it. Okay. So, and I, that's it for my notes or at least my, my news notes, because uh, I, I wanted to get into something a little more fun. I think this conversation is going to take up a, a chunk of time, but uh, we have to have a little bit of restraint here because we have some embargoed news that we really can't quite mention all of it uh, when this pod drops early on Thursday. Although if you hit the websites midday, when this drops on Thursday, uh, you can read the full, full story, but I'm just going to hypothetically ask you, Mike, if there were an official official like official official not just somebody creating this in their in their you know garage or something like that if there was an official tahoe monopoly what places around tahoe would we want to see on the board um and i'll give you an example because i I, i'm i think we can all agree you you can correct me if i'm wrong but emerald bay has got to be boardwalk right yeah i mean or i guess lakeshore avenue the billionaire's row uh, you know, where Larry Ellison is at. And that's a tough one. You know, what's the real estate worth? But I see where you're going there. It's those are prized possessions. But yeah, I mean, and, 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 so if 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 Emerald Bay's boardwalk, what would be park place? Would it be DL Bliss? Would oh, you maybe. I mean, how about the tea house on top of Emerald Bay <laughs> from that island? Yeah, that. That could be something. Very coveted uh, real estate there. What are the, any any thoughts that you have on on other places? I got some other thoughts here, but I want I want you to chime in with, with some of your your thinking. Yeah, I noodled this one around a bit when I when I saw this information come through, and I was thinking, you know, you start out with uh, is it Baltic and Mediterranean, the the first two, the cheapies the ones, yeah, yeah. And like I, I thought of Kale Drive, uh, <laughs> you know, over by the Sheriff Station, South Lake Tahoe, yeah. uh, where Lakeside Inn used to be and is getting demolished now. Is, Real crappy real estate there, uh, but it I'm leads sure down to Beach Club loves that you said that, right? Right, it, but it leads down to absolute luxury. Yeah. So yeah. it's you know you're on your way to uh, something much more grand. So that's what I thought of there for starting out, uh, and then definitely the waterworks finds. Uh, I think there's two or three of them around the board. That's TRPA. It, yeah. They're slapping you that with the finds be. for sure. Yeah, that has to be absolutely, or or maybe they um you know because those chance of community chests, those things are, you know, you get fines, but then you also get rewards. So, 
you know what i don't know what rewards are but i mean maybe you maybe you also have like a permit for desolation wilderness right that's a that's going to be a cost Oh, yeah, or a Christmas tree permit, which are really tough to get oh, these yeah, days. But uh, I was thinking, you know, your your pluses would be all the charitable donations uh, or, or organizations mm-hmm. out there, like Tahoe Fund or El Dorado Community Fund. You, you know, go. El Dorado Community Fund handed out three hundred dollar gift cards uh, after the Caldor fire. So that would be the plus side of things, you know, and and giving some some cred to the organizations. But then the all too notorious parked on the white line over on the East shore, uh, highway 28. That would be oh, your, yeah, that's some a, of your finds. Yep. <laughs> you know, some other places I thought of, and I think, I think your green properties, you know, those, those somewhat expensive ones has to be something like, uh, um, like Thunderbird Lodge or Vikings home. Um, maybe even like Grand Labakan because of its history there or Valhalla. I mean, um, what do you think about, about that? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple on the West Shore as well, and I'm blanking on it. Um, I went to a wedding there, but yeah, some of those untouchable, you're never going to be able to buy it, but are, are definitely luxury. I, I like that. Yeah, some of the estates around. And then I was thinking, I mean, what, you know, say something like the MS Dixie, right? Maybe maybe those are the red colors, like you get, um, you know, boats around there. I don't know, but uh, MS Dixie might be might be kind of cool. I don't think you can go with, you know, the resorts or the casinos. Um, but I did think when I was thinking about the casinos is what about a, like a historical place like Calneva? Could you, could oh. you do something like that? That might be good. Yeah. I like that. I mean, there, there's uh, the utilities. So maybe, maybe you could utilize that because that's a moneymaker. Um, yeah. But then the, speaking of that, the railroads, I would just go broad and just say North shore, East shore, West shore, South shore. Cause then you own all four, then you're really in the in the money making zone there yeah there you go i don't know i I thought it was fun to you know to speculate here um uh as far as what that be but uh you know tune in for everybody uh hit up the website and you'll see what we're talking about but uh but get your brains going um because something like this could come up very very soon and uh man we got to send them a consulting fee for this one we should Uh, we pretty much did the work for them there you go All right. Thanks for that, Rob. Let's get into some of the national news you need to know. You mentioned the midwinter coming back here to Tahoe. I literally, before we were setting up for this podcast, got a winter weather alert on my high watch. So it's coming back again, like you said, but it's midwinter storms dumping right now in Oregon, Washington, Montana, and Colorado. These resorts are scrambling to piece together staff and operations, trying to provide their riders with one last hurrah for the season, but still pretty tough and limited given that they've already laid people off or closed up lodges because they all had rough seasons. You think we had it tough here. We actually had one of better seasons given deep December, but here's a quick rundown of the storms hitting right now. If you want to go chase away Timberline Lodge in Oregon, 44 inches in the last 72 hours, Mount Bachelor in Oregon, 43 inches out of this storm, the summit and snow quality in Washington, 35 inches in the last two days, Mount Hood Meadows in Oregon, 30 inches in the last three days, and Aspen picking up 25, Beaver Creek 16. So like I said, Operations still slim because a lot of people did throw in the towel. Uh, but if you want to go chase it, have fun with that one. All right. Heading over to the music industry, which was wrecked by the internet back in the 2000s, but it's also being revitalized by those same digital forces. 
Thanks to the sustained rise of streaming, the U.S. recorded music business grew 24%, all the way up to $15 billion last year. Streaming, which includes the, the obvious, you know, Spotify, Pandora, etc. Um, but then they've also included lately Facebook licensing and the oh-so-popular TikTok for the first time. That all adds up to 83% of industry revenue for all U.S. recorded uh, music, 83% of their rev. Uh, but, you know, don't count out the physical products. This one uh, was actually pretty surprising. Vinyl sales grew for the 15th straight year. That wasn't the surprising part because I know they definitely made a comeback and then even more like the roller skates during the pandemic. But uh, they're up to a billion dollars in sales for the first time since 1986. And that makes up for 11% of industry revenue. Pretty good chunk there for vinyl. Um, but, you know, bottom line, sales of recorded music have grown every year since 2015, but the artists still working on seeing those checks in the digital area. They're really getting the checks from, you know, endorsements or going on uh, tours. Yeah. yeah, the concerts. So compared to the peak of the industry in terms of revenue back in 1999, music sales are down almost 40% when adjusted for inflation, which is way up through the roof. So hopefully caught all those numbers there. I thought that was just a really interesting piece on the state of uh, the music industry mm -hmm. right now. All right, now turning the page over to dinosaurs and science. They, uh, scientists have found a fossil from a dinosaur that died the day the asteroid hit. Uh, this is basically a fossilized time capsule from that exact day when Earth transformed from being a vernant dinosaur-ridden world to a soot-covered apocalyptic hellscape. Uh, this well-preserved dinosaur leg from some 66 million years ago is definitely causing some waves around the entire uh, industry. They've got more details coming up on this next month. There's a lot of uh, tight lips on this one because BBC and PBS are releasing a documentary on just this narrated by who else? David Attenborough. He's still going strong and it's titled Dinosaurs, The Final Day. So it's coming out next month here, US on PBS. And should be pretty cool to see how they do that. Soot covered apocalyptic hellscape. If that doesn't paint a picture, I don't know what does. Yeah, 66 million years ago. Pretty wild. And then sort of sticking with the science realm, they have now developed solar panels that make electricity at night. Yes, they are finally here. How is that happening? Man, I well, I'll give you a little insight, but they're cheap and they don't need batteries, which is the, the key part here. So side note, about 750 million people on this planet do not have access to electricity at night. Crazy. Yeah, I just want to let that sink in. 750 million people can't flip on a switch at night. Uh, pretty wild. So these solar cells provide power during the day, of course, but then saving energy for later use requires substantial battery storage generally. And that's big, bulky, and expensive. But these new panels use thermoelectric modules to generate voltage and current from the temperature gradient between the cell and the air. So basically, the heat leaking from the earth back into space. So this is a game changer for developing countries. And you, you are going to hear a lot about this because they just did the first test last week and um, proved positive. So yeah, this can be a game changer. Solar panels that make electricity at night. And my parting note here in honor of our Earth Week, um, this one is pretty cool. Man, a man wins 200 million on the lottery and donates almost all of it 
to save the earth. An anonymous Frenchman won the Euro Millions jackpot last week in the lottery and dedicated mostly all of that 200 million towards the preservation of tropical forests in West Africa and forests in his native country. So good yeah. on him. I, yeah. We can't give his name because he just wanted to go anonymous. So right on. It's the way to do it. To Those are your up. news and notes here on the Tile Tap. We'll be back with all the details on brunch spots for Easter Sunday and Mother's Day and your Earth Day happenings. Stick with us. Sticking with Rob and Mike here on the Tahoe Tap. And we've got your entertainment and events all around brunch and Earth Week. Rob, take it away with your brunch spots. So I, I was looking at brunch spots, you know, mainly for Easter Sunday. I thought this would be a good topic. But, you know, I, we actually talked about maybe doing this for Mother's Day, too. So we're just going to knock them both out. So if you can't get into these spots on Easter Sunday, Mother's Day is coming up. Always a, a, a big brunch day as well. So think about these places here. But before I dive into the ones that I want to highlight, Mike, what do you look for in a good brunch spot? I personally open air like a patio, uh, some sort of patio, uh, casual and mimosas. <laughs> How about so, that? Yeah. Yeah. Mimosas. I, you know, just opportunity or an option to have a little bit of booze, right? Um, <laughs> there you go. For, for me, though, for, for I, I, I don't know about you. I, it, has, it starts with breakfast for me because I, I don't know how many, I, I don't know if I've ever been to a brunch where I've ordered, you know, more of a lunch focused. I, I always go for the breakfast side of things. I don't know why, but that's just, that's just me. So, you know, you have to have that great foundation of breakfast, at least for me on my side of things. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start us off here in Tahoe City with uh, the Fire Sign Cafe. Uh, they are actually the the current title holder for best brunch in the best of North Lake Tahoe and Truckee contest. Uh, that's going on right now. Um, shout out to that if you guys want to nominate. Uh, but some say this is actually the best breast brunch spot in all of the Tahoe Basin. I, you know, that's it's hard to argue. They're fantastic. Um, They've been serving up their dishes for over 40 years. Uh, one of the things, too, that uh, the brunch side of things, you can get breakfast and lunch all day. So if you want to go in there at eight o'clock in the morning and you want a hamburger, uh, you can do that. Um, I think most of my places, if not all of them, uh, they have that option, which I think is maybe one other thing to, to notch in as far as brunch spots. But uh, if you're wondering where the name came from, the original owners are both fire signs of the Zodiac. So I thought that was a cool little nugget there. But for the food, if I'm going there, it's probably Eggs Benedict all day. You big eggs Benny fan, Mike? Yeah, I mean that's it. it if I have the opportunity for a nap afterwards, <laughs> yeah, it's generally pretty heavy. Fair enough, fair enough. But they, they have a Cape Cod Benny that uh, has a house smoked salmon. Uh, seafood is your jam. Great specials, great scrambles. If I had to choose a number two there, it's going to be the Spanish omelet. That's filled with things like green chilies and black olives and jack cheese. But the kicker there is that ranchero sauce that they top it with. It's just, it's so good. Uh, if you do have a weight, which is, uh, you know, likely, um, um, they have their, uh, another building in the back there. They call it their annex building, but uh, you can get started there with coffee or bloodies or what they call, you mentioned mimosas. They have mug mosas. So a big version of uh, the mimosa there. Uh, so my, my next one here, um, Sage Leaf, which is in Incline Village, it opened up 
actually uh, during the pandemic in 2020. Uh, and the owners over there, Shane and Laura, they're, they're great folks. Um, I've had my share of dishes uh, there and everything has always been top notch. But if you probably hold my feet to the fire, I'm going to go with the braised bacon tacos there. Uh, they're probably every bit as delicious as you think they might be. Or I, I, I say, hold my feet to the fire. I'd choose one. I can't choose one. I got to, I'm going to go with their biscuits and gravy. Um, and you know, that comes on, they have these really great scratch made, uh, sage and cheddar biscuits, um, which, you know, as a side note, you can get as a side and the kiddos really, really love them with, uh, you know, a little drizzle of honey, a little bit of jam kids love them. Um, the thing that always makes or break in my, in my eyes, uh, a biscuit and gravy dish is the gravy. They have this red eye chorizo gravy, which if you don't know what a red eye gravy is, it's made with a little bit of coffee. That's why it's called red eye. And it brings out this really deep richness. And when you combine that with the chorizo, you get a really spicy and meaty kick. That's just, just, just fantastic. Uh, I'll also point out, this is not brunch side of things. They, they opened not too long ago for, for dinner, but if you stay a little bit later in the day, they have uh, this duck fat fried potato poutine that it will put you in a coma. It's so good. My Lord, I haven't <laughs> had lunch yet. You just blew my mind. And I'm a big biscuits and gravy fan and never knew about the red eye. The red eye. That's oh, so. good. Good All right. Know. So I got, I got two more uh, and these are both uh, on the South side of the lake getaway cafe. And I think if you mention the getaway, I mean, if we're talking about brunch, you got to mention the getaway. Um, same as fireside, right? You can have breakfast, lunch, any time of day there, but they're not shy on their portions. Um, most places have like a two to three egg omelet. They have four eggs. So they are burly. Um, but so many great menu items to choose from. I'm going to highlight one of their best sellers. It's their coconut crusted French toast. Uh, I, my kids absolutely love this one, uh, but they have this secret coconut cream sauce that they make. And I, Mike, I tried to get the recipe. They told me they'd have to kill me. Um, but so I let it go, but it is so good. They also top it with, uh, fresh bananas. The, um, French toast has this really great crust. It's, you know, it's, it has that chew, you know, that you're looking for in French toast. You, you have to have a little crust, a little chew, but man, that sauce, if, you know, if you're also nursing a hangover, uh, this place is going to deliver. They, they even have a dish called the hangover helper. Um, I've had it. I've had it. I haven't had a hangover when I had, it. I just had it to have it. Uh, it was delicious, but, uh, Benedict's omelets, sandwiches, burgers, you have a favorite there, Mike. I know you've, you've, you've been there before. It's not too yeah, far. From that black and blue burger is probably the go-to or the chili quiles if it's a uh, breakfast and, yeah, I mean, it just says a lot when a breakfast lunch spot wins best overall restaurant, the, the best of Tahoe um, uh, voting or contest. They, they've won that one, you know, multiple times. So I mean, that says a lot. All right. My last one here, um, Cup of Cherries. Uh, and if you've ever driven by and said, this place is not for you, maybe based on where it's at or how it looks, just do yourself a favor and pop in just one time. That's all I ask. Um, and the best way to describe this place is Asian French fusion. They have European dishes and, and Mexican dishes, like you mentioned chilaquiles, they have that there. Uh, they have different mimosas, like they have a champagne and a prickly pear lemonade. Uh, I, I don't know if you can call that a mimosa, but they have those types of, of drinks, but they also have great coffee options. Uh, my favorite there is uh, what they have. They call it a banana mocha, super delicious, but everything prepared fresh daily, cooked to order. I've actually been back in the kitchen, watched these folks work. Um, they're great. Just, you know, listen to some of these dishes, Mike. They have a Korean breakfast wrap. They have Nutella crepes, a rum chai French toast, and one of my favorite, the island pancakes. They give you three stacked high buttermilk pancakes. They have a maple glazed macadamia nuts that they that they crush and they put on there. Toasted coconut. They have a scratch made coconut syrup, and they serve it with some bacon. So 
I mean, what more can you can you ask for there? But they they're number one seller. They have what they call a Viet Hoagie, uh, Sriracha Aole. They put that they slather that on both buns, griddle up some sausage, sausage. They have an over easy egg, and then they use these sushi techniques where they spiralize the cabbage. They have onion, cilantro, the bacon, cheese, jalapeno, cucumber. This thing's stacked, but it's you know it's like fresh and savory. You had a baby, and then just that gooey egg yolk. It drips. Oh. It's, I'm making myself drool a little bit, Mike. It's not cool. That's not cool. We've got pretty sensitive mics here. And I don't know if you just heard my stomach growl, literally. <laughs> it's pretty loud and in charge. But Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, a couple others just to know before I kick it back over to you, you know, our, our sponsor, Lake Tahoe Airworks, they have a great brunch. They also have the, uh, the Mimosa Tower. Um, and if that sounds huge, uh, it is huge. It is literally a tower with the with a tap on it, and you can have that at your table. Uh, looking if you're looking for something a little more healthy, uh, Sprouts, great juice options there. Um, and uh, and then uh, on the North Shore, squeeze in too, and that's uh, pretty famous. I don't know if I need to say too much about that place, but uh, always great there. All right, thank you for the roundup on all those brunch spots. We're, we'll change gears here and uh, talk about Earth Week. And, you know, Earth Day is April 22nd. We'll get into that. But uh, Earth Week challenges are a thing now. So we'll give you a rundown starting with Monday, April 18th. So uh, they put together this really cool thing, the, the committee here in South Lake Tahoe, and they're kicking it off with Mother Nature Monday, where you get your creative juices flowing by starting a nature journal while observing just your own backyard, wherever you might be. Luckily, we've got a lot of nature here in Tahoe to observe, but start a little journal with what you see and keep it going for the week. Then Climate Action Tuesday, April 19th, where you are urged to calculate your carbon footprint with a quiz that's set up at takecaretahoe.org. And then Try eating three vegetarian meals to see what a difference that can make. Because, you know, if, if you know how much uh, proteins take to produce in terms of their methane gases releases, yada, 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 it's, uh, it's pretty astounding. But take care Tahoe.org for that carbon footprint quiz. I'm talking, I'm talking about bacon and sausage and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's truly uh, something that you just, I mean, it, it'll blow your mind when you see that. All right, then you've got Clean Water Wednesday, uh, April 20th, not to be, you know, confused with all the other stuff going on, 420. Drink nothing but Tahoe tap water in a reusable bottle, of course. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty easy, right? We've got some of the best tap water in the world right here. So make sure you use that reusable bottle for it. And then Trash Free Thursday on April 21st. This is a this might be a tough one. See if you can go about your daily routine without placing anything in the trash for a day. Uh, I mean, it's, is that tissue? I mean, what are you supposed to wipe with? I mean, does the, does the toilet count? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the trash free Thursday is probably one of the tougher ones on here. Uh, and then we get into Earth Day itself, Friday, April 22nd. And there's a whole bunch of things. Uh, first up in the morning, you've got Keep Tahoe Blues Heavenly Village Trash Pickup. This is one of the bigger ones going on. It's in South Lake Tahoe, of course, at the village, 9 a.m. to noon. And if you're looking for a little kickback on for the trash pickups, this one has the most giveaways because all the shops and restaurants get involved and throw out uh, gift cards and uh, certificates to the to their respective spots. So uh, check it out. And uh, Keep Tahoe Blue has a well-oiled process with giving you tools, gloves, masks, all the things. And that's 9 a.m. to noon in the Heavenly Village. Then later that evening, you've got the Wild and Scenic Film Festival 
at Lake Tahoe Community College in the Duke Theater put on by the Sierra Nevada Alliance. So every penny goes right back to the SNA and that's at 5 p.m. That's when the doors open, starts at six, going till 9.30. There's a virtual option too, uh, just for 10 bucks if you wanna watch it at your leisure, but it's got award-winning films, focusing on the environment, local activism, and also a local free skier and climate activist, Molly Armanino, which will share her incredible film, Amend, where she tells her story about how she transfers as an avid skier, turning into a climate activist. So Wild and Scenic Film Fest that night of the April 22nd at the community college, 5 p.m. And then uh, Saturday, uh, they've got Send It Sustainably Saturday, where you do all of your activities without driving or anything like that. You do it all human powered. But then the big festival kicks off on Sunday, April 24th. That's South Lake Tahoe's Earth Day Festival, one of the largest in the region. And that's 10 a.m. to 3 p.m at Bijou Community Park. The theme this year, climate resilience for all. So great one for the families or to get out and you know see your friends. It's sort of like that farmer's market style vibe uh, where you got all the vendors out there, free bike valet, live music, eco kid zone, a disc golf putathon, et cetera, et cetera. So that's Sunday, April 24th in South Lake at the Bijou Community Park. So get involved in Earth Day or Earth Week, soon to be, well, I give it uh, three years before it's just Earth Month uh, for all of April. (laughs) That's a good good over-under right there, three years. All right, folks, that is your A portion. And after this quick break, we are going to be back with the mayor of South Lake Tahoe. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to our highlight segment here on the Tahoe Tap. It is my pleasure to introduce Mayor of South Lake Tahoe, Devin Middlebrook. He is the native, a native of South Lake Tahoe, the youngest mayor in South Lake Tahoe history as well, a senior planner at the TRPA, and his biggest claim to fame of all, son of Paul Middlebrook, which once carried the Olympic torch. Uh, and I think that would be his biggest claim to fame, right? Man, you're going down with the deep cuts. You guys did your homework. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we, we were glad to have you reached out and said, bring me on, fellas, because I, I want to chat with you about some, you know, very unconventional questions and, and just an in-depth chat. And we said, heck yeah, because you always bring a solid mix of, you know, progressive thought, but you've got that local precedent because you are a native and you've got, you've got a lot of knowledge here uh, within every conversation. So we're glad to have you. And uh, I'm going to kick it off right out of the gates with, you know, what the vivid or distinct moment was or experience where you committed to running for city council. We'll focus on the government side right now. Yeah, my decision to run for city council, uh, what, three, three and a half years ago now was uh, definitely down to the last minute. I had been involved in, you know, uh, local politics and local civic engagement for a couple years prior to wanting to run for city council. I kind of hemmed and hawed on it. And, uh, you know, it really came down to the last minute when uh, I didn't see the names or people that I thought, um, you know, I wanted to see elected and representing 
me as a community member. So I believe uh, the paperwork was due on a Friday in July. And I picked up all of my forms in on a Thursday and scrambled around town to gather my 25 signatures uh, in order to, to file that paperwork. And I think I filed it an hour before the, the filing deadline. So it was uh, a, a long buildup to an unsure run. And, and then um, when I committed to it, I, I committed to it and uh, we're here today and I'm so glad I did it. I love it. I mean, I like the the millennial scramble on that, like cramming <laughs> for finals. But hey, man, we're we're happy to have you. So uh, I'll let Rob take over here on a few. You know, Devin, one of the things that the the Great Recession is said to have done is push the middle class out of South Lake Tahoe. How do you try and keep that from getting worse, especially given you know the huge challenges that we have right now with housing? Yeah, the Zoom boom is uh, as they call it as well is definitely something that has had big impacts on the community, not just in the city of South Lake Tahoe, but around the lake and in many other mountain towns. Uh, and we've seen, and I believe the Tahoe Prosperity Center just released data in the last nine years, housing prices have tripled, uh, which is uh, quite frankly insane. And, and it is a huge challenge of being able to keep people that want to live and work and play in Tahoe here. And, uh, you know, that is really a, a multi-pronged approach from having affordable housing uh, and people being able to afford the housing here, but also on the other flip side of having the jobs that pay the wages to afford the housing. Uh, and it's one of those challenges that we struggle with uh, at city council every day. And I think one of the things that we need to do is just constantly being implementing uh, new and innovative solutions like our new lease to locals program, where we're offering incentives to second homeowners to lease to locals. Uh, and, and really unlocking innovation through technology uh, and new programs in order to address those challenges. Uh, but then also on the flip side, you want to make sure that we're embracing these new members of our community because there's a lot of folks that moved up here that love Tahoe, love the outdoors, love it for all the same reasons we love it. And if we can integrate them better into the community and really continue that sense of community, I think we can all end up uh, on the better on the, on the other side of this. And I mean, I'm sure you you hear from them a lot, man. That's uh, it's been such a changing time, no doubt. So what's been the biggest eye opener that you've seen uh, when it comes to local government now that you're deep into the game, you know, whether it's hours of late night reading or getting stopped at the grocery store by some of those, you know, newcomers to town or whatever it may be. What's, what's been the biggest eye opener? Uh, that is funny. The 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 looks you get sometimes when people, uh, yeah, you're checking out at the grocery store and someone's looking at you like they know they know you, but they don't know quite where from. And you're like, oh, they definitely, they definitely know me, but they they don't quite know it. That's always funny. But uh, I think one of the the things that really is that eye opener is how much background information goes into all the decisions that we make on city council. You know, you read the headlines, you read the short little blurb in the news, but all of the work that our staff does uh, and all the hours that go into everything and all the implications decisions have uh, that, that ripple. Yeah, one day we're talking about a policy, uh, building some affordable housing project or workforce housing project somewhere, but all of the steps that lead up to it and then all of the implications that come after it uh, are a lot of things people don't realize how much goes into these decisions when you just, you know, get the 20 word news clipping of the, the boat once it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Devin, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it, you know, have you haven't grown up in South Lake Tahoe, you know, having to go through the, the painstaking process of being Paul Middlebrook's kid. 
Um, you know, I, I, I joke about that because uh, I, you know, I worked with Paul when he had my position as publisher of the Tribune. You know, I worked with him then, so we got we always got to give him an elbow or two, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, what from your time growing up in South Lake Tahoe, what do you think's the the biggest change um, from when you were growing up? And then, are there experiences that that you had when you were growing up that you'd like for that younger generation or our younger generation now to also experience? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I feel like so much has changed in town and so much has not changed in town. Um, obviously, we have a lot of uh, new development going on and there's a lot of really cool new restaurants and businesses and events in town that uh, are just the bread and butter of, of living in Tahoe and the beauty of being here. Um, so in that sense, like the, 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 the facade of Tahoe, it's gotten a little bit of a facelift, which is nice. Uh, but at, deep down at the core, you know, it's still a bunch of people living in the ski town and um, loving the outdoors. So that's always exciting. And really, we want to make sure that the kids of the future have that same opportunity to enjoy the outdoors uh, like I did. And, and one of those projects we're working on is building a, a community park on Ski Run Boulevard uh, just to do exactly that and give give the next generation of kids that inspiration of the outdoors. And hopefully one day they'll follow in my footsteps and uh, run for city council. So you, you just mentioned that park on ski run and it was one of my questions was an issue or topic or anything that you're really excited about. Can you elaborate on that? Or is there something else that is a bigger picture item, you know, that's all encompassing that you're really diving into lately that might come to fruition soon? Yeah. Ski run park, uh, is going to be a new park on ski run Boulevard right up there by, uh, Willow between Willow and Spruce. And that is definitely uh, one of the projects that I'm most excited about. The Friends of Ski Run and some local business owners on Ski Run Boulevard purchased that empty lot. Uh, and we're currently fundraising and uh, to turn that into a community park. And something that I think people don't realize is when you think of Tahoe, you think of these boundless outdoor recreation opportunities, but kayaks are expensive, paddle boards are expensive, skis are expensive. There's a lot of barriers to getting out and enjoying the outdoors. And within that neighborhood, there's no park access within walking distance uh, of that, the, the, where the property is going to be. So creating a local neighborhood park uh, for the people, by the people uh, is really an exciting opportunity. And bigger picture, you know, that equity and access and getting more people opportunities to the outdoors is a huge passion of mine. I'm super excited. We're going to be breaking ground on the new recreation center this year. We're also looking at ways to provide uh, where the city can have cheap gear rentals for people in the community. So you don't have to go out and buy a pair of skis to go test out if you like it or not. You can come by the city and check out this gear for free in order to uh, remove those barriers to access and, uh, you know, really uh, address that gap in um, people being able to enjoy the outdoors, uh, which is, again, something that not everyone realizes when you think about people living in Tahoe. I, I love you that. You know, lowering the barriers to entry is always huge for that i mean yeah that that's great that you guys are doing that yeah do you want to give a little plug for your may 1st for the the ski run park yeah may 1st the community can come out from 12 to 3 at ski run uh at 1195 ski run boulevard uh we're gonna have a good little groundbreaking ceremony los mexicanos restaurant will be out there um with some food we'll have music from the robin Orr band and it's gonna be a really good time um again on may 1st Nice. nice. Right. So yeah, a little sidebar of that's why you listen into the podcast, right? Get some, get some Intel like that, but going back to 
you guys were talking about with the younger generation and how we mentioned you know, you're the youngest mayor here in South Lake Tahoe. If somebody's looking to make an impact on their community, you know, whether it's here in this town or around the basin or regionally, if they're listening in, what are some pointers to getting involved? This is, you know, big picture stuff or locally. Yeah, as I said earlier, you know, my my vision wasn't out to set out to run for city council or be on city council initially. It was really just to be part of the community and give back to the place that I love. So there's so many ways, uh, big and small, that you can contribute, uh, you know, locally, the government uh, way of giving back. We have a planning commission. We have a parks and rec commission. We now have a new police advisory commission and an arts, culture and tourism commission. So those are ways that if you're re- really interested in one of those topics, once a year, we usually take applications and you can apply and give back that way. But there's also lots of nonprofit organizations that are doing many great things in this community. Uh, and it's really just about showing up and uh, finding what you're passionate about and giving some of your time. Yeah. So what do you think, you know, is the best iteration of South Lake Tahoe? And what I really mean by that question is that, you know, the best version of South Lake Tahoe that you feel can actually be accomplished. Yeah, the city of South Lake Tahoe last year, we adopted a new five-year strategic plan, which was born out of the COVID-19 pandemic. And we had a lot of community members do a bunch of Zoom calls, and we developed the strategic plan that really highlights what we want to achieve over the next five years in the community in terms of world-class transportation. As I said earlier, having the ability to live, work, and play in Tahoe for everyone. And I don't know that there's one set firm place that we want the community to go, but it's about continually improving. Uh, and once we hit you know, five years, and if we're lucky, we've implemented all of those strategic priorities, there'll be another set of strategic priorities and, and things that we need to address. So not trying to preserve or set some static um, point in time that the community should look like or should be, but continuing to evolve uh, as the world changes around us. One of the questions that I think you know, you probably get a lot or, or maybe you see a lot. And, and it's a question that I have no idea how you do it. But how do you balance your role as mayor at the same time, your role as employee of the TRPA? I have some wonderful staff at the city <laughs> who do a lot, a lot of the work for us. You know, I think, um, you know, as a city our size and the city council we have, you know, it's not a full time job that we're there 40 hours a week working on city things. Some some weeks we are you know, having to do 40 hours and there's the meetings that go for 15, 12, 12 hours long just for those meetings. But really it is staff who does a lot of the heavy lifting for us in terms of we set the policy, we tell we tell staff what we want to see and they go do the hard work of, of getting it done. And I'm lucky enough to have that balance where I can, you know, have a city council meeting one day and then I work, you know, late uh, that night to get my day job done. And, uh, you know, I also have used as weird as it is, I use some of my paid time off for city council <laughs> meetings. So I take, I take time off from my one job to go do my other job. Uh, but I've been able to strike that balance and, uh, you know, make, make it happen. Yeah, well, I think you're a, doing a, a great job, job at striking that balance for sure. So, so uh, before we get into some of the fun stuff that's sort of going to go off the bar, is there anything you want to share out there that, you know, I, I just open up the, the floor to you that maybe, you know, you want to get out to the community that's been on your mind or been a big topic. And if not, we'll get into the fun stuff, the rapid fire of what, what we're calling mayor mania. 
<laughs> yeah, we I think we've hit some of the good uh, topics so far. We talked about housing. We talked about Ski Run Park. We talked about recreation. Uh, and then we're also working right now on advancing transit and transportation options, getting more reliable transit, microtransit, all of that going. Uh, so people have a better way of getting around town. And all of this is for the people. And uh, I do encourage uh, folks to stay involved in what the city has going on. Follow us on Facebook, sign up for our newsletter, all that good stuff. Oh, Lindsay's going to love you for that one. You're public information officer with the, the newsletter and the Facebook drop. Uh, so shout out to your team. And like you mentioned, your staff just crushing it lately for the city of South Lake Tahoe. So uh, you mentioned getting it out to the people and communicating with them, but you've been great at opening up to the community via coffee with the mayor, beer with the mayor. What's your favorite brewery? And then what's your favorite coffee house in South Lake Tahoe? Well, I'm going to go um, outside of the city, which I probably am going to get um, some flack for. But I, I have to say the best brewery at the lake is the Alibi up in Incline Village when I do get to make it up there. Uh, but in South Shore, it's, it's, it's hard to choose. I love Sedellis. I love South of North and South Lake Brewing Company is right down the street from me. So it's, there's, a, there's some stiff competition. Uh, and in terms of coffee houses, again, just, you know, the walkability and walking down, I, I love the look and vibe uh, Cup of Tahoe's got going on that new coffee shop with their bookstore and their co-working space and that giant live plant wall they have is uh, super awesome. Oh yeah. All right. So now more of a rapid fire Q and A. So if you throw out a multiple answer, uh, like you did on the last one, we're just going to edit it out and take the first answer. So we're going to hit you with a few here uh, for our Q&A. What's your favorite season in Lake Tahoe? Shoulder. Ooh, I like spring or fall shoulder? Uh, fall. I think October. It's amazing. Love it. Favorite cool. recreation activity? Mountain biking. Oh, favorite trail? I'll add lib and throw that one in there. Yeah, I love going on Tahoe Mountain because I can ride from my house and don't have to get in the car. And there's miles and miles of different loops and variations that you can take up on Tahoe Mountain. So shout out to Tamba. All right. On the food and beverage side, what's your favorite South Lake Tahoe dish? Baked tofu bowl at Sprouts. Ooh. I'll have to try that out, right? Oh, Rob. <laughs> favorite place to watch a concert? Lakeview Commons, live at Lakeview. Oh, good one. Fair enough. And then we're, we talked about getting, you talk, well, you mentioned it, getting outside of, of South Lake Tahoe. Favorite day trip? Oh, man, North Shore. I feel like folks that live in Tahoe don't utilize, or at least South Shore, we don't use a lot, utilize North Shore enough. I mean, North Shore is awesome. They got great food, great beers. Um, and it's like you get to actually take a vacation to Tahoe. Um, so I love going up there. Right on. And then the last one, your favorite city employee. No, I'm <laughs> oh, just joking. Man, I'm, just joking. Get... <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll leave that one off the record. <laughs> no, we've got some great aside. folks. Yeah. <laughs> we really appreciate the time, Devin. Um, thank you for reaching out to be here on the Tahoe Tap. Uh, we'll have you anytime and keep up the good work out there. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's a fun conversation. Thanks, all right, folks, that's a wrap here on the Tahoe Tap. We'll catch you in a couple weeks with an all-new episode. See you then. See you.